SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Live from Sin City. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. The Sports Grid Radio Network. A lot of cool stuff coming up. We'll do a Life of Lamb podcast with Cam Stewart tomorrow. We'll get that up and out and about. But it's football, 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 and COVID, COVID, COVID. That's the world we're living in right now. Hockey is supposed to return today. Not today. It's coming back tomorrow. All right. We'll see how that shakes out. NBA had their big Christmas day. They got through that okay. Well, for the most part. So a lot to recap here on a Monday, as we always do, and then we always get into look-ahead mode. And I hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas and a wonderful holiday season with their family, friends. We're all fighting through this thing. And sports has been a wonderful little bit of of, um, a release for us, some entertainment, although our heads are on a swivel trying to, keep up with just who's playing in these games and who's in, who's out, and the whole nine yards. So that's kind of what we do here, talk about it in relation to the wagering line. And we're glad to be with you on a Monday. Brian Blessing in Las Vegas. Kenny White's going to join us from KennyWhiteSports.com in a little bit. Hour number two, Chuck Esposito from Station Casinos. We'll check in with the big weekend recap, how everything went from a book's perspective. Tony Neville from Treasure Island is also going to check in, get the weekend recap from The Strip on a holiday weekend when, you know, holidays, the strip gets pretty busy. Christmas is a little different animal, though, so we'll get the lowdown on how that all shook out. So I'm hanging in Vegas. JP, our wonderful producer, who, honestly, I appreciate everything he does, a lot of great work for us, hanging back east in the Philly Burb. So how was uh, Christmas, JP? How was your weekend, buddy? Oh, it was great. Got to go home, see family, and that's that's what it's all about. It's nice to always come home to Jersey and see the family. So how far away is home? I mean, it's close or? Like an hour and a half. Super easy drive. Okay, where is it? Where Where are they? Uh, Central Jersey, like right by the shore. Oh, okay. Yeah. You didn't go swimming? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so I hope you got some good presents. No, listen, the holiday weekend, we had Saturday Christmas football. Uh, Baker Mayfield just threw another interception. Although in that game, what's with the officials, man? I mean, there were a couple of the four he threw. The one, the one, the deep one was clearly pass interference, and he, he saw the, the receiver getting held up, so he threw the ball, and it's a pick. And then the deciding pick. Sure looked like holding with the receiver coming off the line of scrimmage. Just the, the level of inconsistency with the officials this year. And it, it is just, I mean, it's annoying to always be yapping about the officials. But is it just me or does this NFL season just seem to be running amok with bad calls, JP? 
It's it's brutal. And the game I always come back to is that Bengals Jets game at the end of the fourth quarter there, where uh, the Bengals guy comes in, makes a super clean hit, and they call helmet to helmet, and the game's over, and the Bengals go home losing to the Jets. And it's just like the officials just changed the outcome of a game on one play, just fully changed it. How about the Lions and the Ravens in week three? They're running a play, the Ravens, trying to get a couple extra yards to give Tucker a kick at it. And they run the play, throw it incomplete. And, I mean, anybody looks at it and says it was a good almost two seconds that the play clock had expired. It was delay of game. And they didn't call it. And Tucker then kicks a 66-yarder that hits the crossbar and goes through. They move it back five yards. He's not kicking that field goal. They're throwing a Hail Mary. You couldn't be more than right. It's time after time now. And you got to feel bad for Baker. I mean, he wasn't great. But two of those picks are just clear penalties that aren't called. And it's tough. Well, we're going to do the deep dive here in the next two hours. And we always talk about it from a Vegas perspective. And from a betting perspective, say don't overreact to what you last witnessed. Perfect example of that is the Bills win over the Patriots. We'll get into that in the next segment. And then the other big stories, Arizona looks to be a little flawed right now, don't they? And Indy remains a viable threat. That was a big win for Indy. Indies are coming, and they're coming fast. Rams take care of the Vikings, but the Bengals putting the Sasquatch foot on the Ravens, who basically, here we are in week 16. These are glorified playoff games, and you're going with a quarterback coming in from off the street, and since he puts the Sasquatch foot on him, and Burrow has a monster day, we'll hear from him. How about the day Joe Burrow had? That's pretty nuts. 525 yards passing since he's in the hunt. I mean, that AFC North is craziness. This is going to be a fun little stretch run. But the landscape, we said it going into this week. Week 16 is the week that's going to decide so much of who makes the playoffs. And it did not disappoint. It's a Monday. Glad to be with you. Sirius 159. The Sports Grid Radio Network. Brian Blessing, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Coming back. Keep it right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. All right, back with the Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing in Las Vegas. JP producing for us in Philly. Let's do the deep dive on some of the stuff we saw over the weekend. So on the way in, we had talked about the Bills-Patriots game being, there were several, but I think that was the game of the week in that the AFC East was going to be determined there. It was just hard to, it's still hard to imagine the Bills losing to either the Falcons or the Jets. They hold the tiebreaker, so if they beat New England, they win the division. And now New England's got a little work to do because we'll see if Miami, what they do tonight. But Miami's actually still breathing, and they've got a date with the Dolphins. But 
for that game, you know, anybody listens to the show knows I'm, you know, all in on the Bills. I don't know, I just, I was like kind of shocked throughout the course of the week. I mean, New England this, New England that, and it's Josh Allen against Mac Jones. I mean, how how much further do you have to go beyond that? And yes, Belichick, blah, 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 I get it. But the first game, there were 45-mile-an-hour wins. Oh, oh, Diggs won't be able to do anything against the Jackson guy. Isaiah McKenzie shredded them. Allen, and oh, by the way, as a Bills believer, I'd like to thank everybody who voted for the Pro Bowl. I mean, it could not have been better timing. Seriously, Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert in the Pro Bowl over Josh Allen? You got to be kidding me. The way he played against the Bucks, and then the way he played this game. So all of a sudden, the Bills find themselves in control of their destiny, and it would actually mean a home playoff date. And the way the odds are stacked out, the probabilities, they're playing the Patriots again. I mean, the way it's stacked up, there could be the Bills a three seed, the Patriots a six seed, and they get to do it for a third time. So... You know, we'll see what happens there. But it was a monster win for the Bills. Allen was spectacular. That game, you know, Buffalo won the game 33-21, and it was an ulcer for no reason. The Bills just kept shooting themselves. That's what they've done all year long. A drop in the end zone, um, second and goal at the one and a half, and they don't get it in, a dropped interception. I mean, that game, there was a moment where the Patriots had a chance, but the Bills really just statistically mauled the Patriots. But that was kind of the season the Bills have been having. Sean McDermott kind of talked about that after the game. Kind of a little bit like last week, not a lot to say. We continue to learn lessons uh, with this, with this, in some ways, a young football team and um, young leadership group. And um, it's hard to it's hard to follow up a season like last year with this, with a similar season the next year. That's that's part of the challenge. And and so you know, I'm just very proud of the way the guys have persevered and and the leadership group has stepped up and and I've felt them and and uh, not only off the field but on the field in their play as well. So um, I thought 17 had an incredible game today and and. Uh, um, you know, that's that's good to see, obviously. All right, so the Bills get the win. On the other side of the equation, New England now has lost back-to-back games. And listen, this is still one of the best coaching jobs that Belichick has ever put forth. And it's late in the year, and I'm not knocking Mac Jones, and he could come back and have a big game down the road, and maybe they do make some noise. But it's December. It's late in the year. And another thing happened in that game. First time ever against a Bill Belichick coach team, the Bills didn't punt the ball once. They went for it a bunch of times on fourth down, got it, didn't get it. But they were ultra aggressive. And even after the game, Bill Belichick said, hey, look, they were the better team. Kind of a little bit like last week, not a lot to say here. Um, Obviously, Buffalo made more plays than we did today. Played better than we did, coached better than we did. Uh, we just didn't just didn't perform well enough to really you know have a good chance to win the game. So we have to well, we got to find a way to do better. And um, you know, again, they just they made more plays than we did. Uh, give them credit. And um, let's have to go back to work here for next week. All right. I mean, what's he going to do? You, you you can't put lipstick on it. He he knew uh, they were the better team and. Now they've got work to do. And, again, big game tonight with Miami and New Orleans. 
if Miami, and they really haven't played anybody, but if Miami were to win that game, if they beat New England and won their last game, Miami's in and New England's out. So it becomes a really interesting landscape now in the AFC East. Not the case in the NFC East. The Cowboys basically were home and cooled. But how about the beatdown the Cowboys put on Washington last night? I mean, that was unbelievable. You got Washington fighting each other on the bench, and Dallas just, it was like, like the Cowboys had their full offense out there, and, and but the Reds, Washington was uh, playing the seven on seven drill. That was unbelievable. Ezekiel, it pretty happy uh, the, the way the Cowboys put that one to bed. Yeah, it felt good. Uh, you know, you know, last last year, guys, you know, a lot of teams uh, or our division teams, you know, they they got to feel good and and uh, get after us a little bit. But uh, you know, this year we we definitely went on a little revenge tour. And then the question becomes, how good are the Cowboys? Micah Parsons on defense gave him a big bounce in her step. And then, like, right out of the gate, Diggs gets his 11th pick of the year. I mean, can you imagine catching lightning in a bottle like that on draft day to get arguably the two most impactful defensive players that came out of college football last year, they land on the same team. Parsons and Diggs, those guys have been spectacular. Absolutely spectacular. And then there was the offensive show that Cincinnati put on against Baltimore. And in particular, Joe Burrow lighting the Ravens' defense up and I mean lighten them up big time. Burrow, fumbling pocket, on the fly, downfield, he's got him, that's Mixon. Working on Levine, inside the six. What a throw on the fly. That's a 52-yard completion. Burrow has thrown for over 500, 525 yards officially. Wow. How many fantasy leagues... Did Joe Burrow win yesterday? 37 of 46, 525 yards, four touchdowns. Let's give the Bengals their due here. They were the feel-good story out of the gate. Then they hit the skids a little bit when they lost to the Jets and then lost to the Browns, got mauled by the Browns. And then they had the bye week. And they did quite the little reboot after the bye week. Yeah, they lost to the Chargers. They lost to the Niners. But Cincinnati, it's always great to get some fresh blood coming in. And Burrow, the comeback for this kid off the knee injury, they are running the football with Mixon. They've got weapons, but their defense is playing hard. How good are the Bengals? It's, it's Again, it's great to get some fresh blood in there. But the Bengals currently sit as the three seed in the AFC. AC, Tennessee, Cincy, Buffalo, Indy, New England, the Ravens as of today. And then we'll talk about it a little bit later on. But 
How about the Chargers just flat out spitting the bit? I mean, you got a chance to make the playoffs. That's the Chargers being the Chargers. They could look like a bunch of world beaters one week and then go, Are they, is this an NFL team the next? Getting taken down by Houston. It's the NFL week to week. Now we got the COVID deal, and it is going to be an impressive, entertaining, fun, unpredictable stretch run. And we're going to talk more about it when we come back on Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Sirius 159 and the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing in Vegas, JP producing for us in Philly. A treat for us on a Monday, Kenny White from KennyWhiteSports.com checking in. What a recap. Everything you saw in the NFL, get updated ratings from Kenny. But we've got bowl season going on, and I'm just telling you, right out of the gate, uh, Western Michigan looked pretty good this morning. Uh, that, that game in Detroit against Nevada going up and down the field. But, Kenny, I hope you had a very Merry Christmas, buddy. I know the the bowl season, you got your big package, and it really kicks in now. I just want to give you the chance to tell the folks all about that. Yeah, no, thanks, Brian. And, uh, uh, yeah, bowl season's upon us, obviously. And uh, we got a big bowl package, seven experts, seven picks, seven different games, $99 at KennyWhiteSports.com. You can get that now. Uh, talking about that Nevada game, interesting. I was reading about that yesterday. It's so funny how people are. You know, it's everybody's so two-sided. Jay Norville, the head coach of of of, uh, of of now Colorado State in the Mountain West Conference, he was the head coach in Nevada. He complained three years ago, made a huge, made this big. He made this big. Transfer portals, one of the worst things that could happen to college football. I can't stand it. Player, uh, other other coaches are poaching my players. Uh, the transfer portal is the worst thing that could ever happen. Jay Norville leaves Reno for Colorado State. What's the first thing he does? He takes nine star players, not just any players, nine star players through the transfer portal with him from Nevada to Colorado State. Nice guy. <laughs> Talking out of both sides of his mouth. 45-24. Looks like Western Michigan's going in for one more score on the way out the door. But Western Michigan impressively. By the way, Kenny, we had talked about it. This will be the Mountain West's first loss in bowl season. They were 4-0 coming into this game, and the MAC was 1-5, so the MAC's going to get a win here. Yeah, MAC needed they needed a, another win. Uh, uh, their defense has been shredded. And it, 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 look at it again here, 69 points, that football game. Very high scoring, obviously. No defense in the MAC. They don't play any D. Uh, their quarterbacks are, you know, pretty good. They got some good quarterbacks in the league and some good offense. But yeah, Reno was decimated. He took he took five coaches and nine players, and um, I can understand taking the uh, recruits that you recruited that had never stepped foot on the football field yet. But man, he uh, this guy Jay Norville decimated the uh, Reno program. And I watched him coach earlier this year. Um, I don't think he's a very good coach. First of all. I, I don't know how he really did well at this. And a lot of bad decisions um, in a couple of games that I watched. Uh, I don't like I don't like his coaching philosophy. I don't like his coaching theories. And I don't think he's going to do well at Colorado State. 
Okay, let's go to the NFL and recap what happened over the weekend. Kenny, the, the Bills-Patriots game, the AFC East completely flips now. Buffalo's got Atlanta and the Jets coming in. So it sure looks like they won the division with that win yesterday. How do you approach that one from a ratings perspective for the Bills and for the Patriots? Because, listen, New England's hey, they're ahead of schedule. I mean, it's been this nice story. I just, all year long, I'm like, uh, people are going bananas over these guys. I did a bunch of different shows in addition to mine last week, and people talk about that game. And I'm like, seriously, who's the better team? And then you've got Josh Allen against Mac Jones. I mean, I you know, it, it kind of wasn't a fair fight, to be honest with you. And then he wasn't throwing in 50-mile-an-hour wins in this game. Yeah, much a much different story without the weather that impacted that first contest. And Buffalo was throwing into the end zone at the end of that game to win that game as well. Uh, Bill Belichick made all the right decisions. Sean McDermott did not, but Sean McDermott uh, <clears throat> made the adjustments. And, you know, Sean McDermott's been a great spread cover coach the last three years. He's done a very good job for Buffalo. So you're right. There's, there's, a, there's a definite difference between Josh Allen and Mac Jones. Uh, there's there's at least a four-point power rating difference just between those two players. So that's a big difference New England has to make up from their other 21 players to try to catch up to make this even. Buffalo's the better football team. They're better on offense, and they're better on defense. It's funny, Kenny. I mean, there are the intangible things, and who knows what teams do to motivate themselves. But the Bills had a stone in their shoe the way the Buccaneers game ended. They were still mad about the Patriots game two weeks ago. They're chirping the media, uh, getting mad the way certain questions were getting asked to them. And then Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert make the Pro Bowl over Josh Allen. Like, that could have been better timing for this guy to step up to the plate. But I'm curious, specifically New England, is it just a game? Or are, are you making an adjustment on New England a little bit here? No, I didn't make any adjustment on New England. Um they're, they're who they are, uh, well-coached, uh, solid defensive team. They're still top-five defensive team in the NFL. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're gonna, they are they're had a seven-game winning streak. Now they've lost two in a row. You know, Bill Belichick, I think his team will play well the last couple of weeks of the season, and uh, they'll be right there in the playoffs, and they will be a very impossible out-of-time-out for whoever they have to play. Kenny, you talk about Kingsbury. I don't know if the twist very hard to get you going nuts about him but i'm telling you the, the staley guy with the chargers you know left points on the board in the game against the chiefs probably should have won that game and then they lay a ostrich size egg in this spot that's the chargers man i don't how do you deal with these guys they're capable of beating anybody and they're capable of losing to anybody i mean they're the most inconsistent team i've ever seen yeah, I tell you, it's a, you know, you really experience so much. And there's a lot of really sharp young coaches. But, again, they don't have the experience that they need to be successful in this league. Um, Bill Belichick struggled mightily as the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. And he was a young guy, and he made a lot of mistakes. And then he took over the Patriots, and he's learned year in and year out. And now the guy makes the best decisions game in and game out. And, uh <clears throat> these young coaches, uh, they're they're nowhere near where they need to be. Uh, they just they just they they blow timeouts. They make it's this 
it's it's really bad football to watch sometimes with these guys because it's so frustrating. A guy like Cliff Kingsbury, the offense that he has in front of him, it's an embarrassment for him not to score 30-plus points per game. And if he doesn't, it's his fault. It's all his play calling. And I, 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 it amazes me because I, I, I wasn't a football coach, but I know I could remember every one of those plays that we have to run. I don't care if there's 500 plays. I know, I know every, I know every single play we were going to run, and I know the right play we were going to run it at. He has no idea. He's looking at that chart. He's got to go over that chart eight million times to figure out what play to run. It's, you know, it's, it's just a crime. All right, the game tonight is a huge football game. The total's only 37 and a half. Miami's a three-point favorite at New Orleans. Kenny, what have you done with Miami specifically? Hey, good for them. They come racing back. You know, they got themselves in the hunt. But, I mean, you're sitting here and you're looking at the teams they've beaten, the Jets, the Giants, the Panthers, the Jets, and the Ravens who are really struggling. Good for them. You beat who's in front of you. But that is not a gauntlet they faced. What have you done with Miami's rating and this line? Is it an overreaction tonight? Well, maybe not overreaction. We have Ian Book quarterbacking now for for the Saints. But you're right. Uh, the Dolphin my rating on the Dolphins has not really gone up uh, because you're right. They've they faced absolutely nobody over the, that six game winning streak. So. Um, I, I still think Tua Tagovailoa is a slightly above average NFL quarterback. Nothing special out of him. And uh, my question mark is whether that Saint defense can bring the same intensity that they brought against the Buccaneers. Uh, if they can bring that same intensity they brought against the Buccaneers, and they shut down Tom Brady, they can shut down Tua Tagovailoa very easily. So we get Ian Book making his debut. You've got ratings on every player. Obviously, you got to see what he's going to do, and, and you'd be able to gauge a lot more once you see him out there against this kind of competition. But basically, what kind of number do you have on him? Yeah, I, I'm still going to be in book uh, rated one point below an average NFL quarterback. Um, have not had a chance to really, uh, you know, see him. So, um He's going to have to prove it, but it's you know a three and a half point drop off from Taysom Hill to to Book. Um, Trevor Simeon was the better quarterback. Trevor Simeon's better than Ian Book. Um, Book's a small quarterback. He's six foot two ten. That that could be a problem. You don't see many six foot quarterbacks do well in the league. I think Ian Book's going to have to use his legs a lot tonight if the uh, if the Saints are going to be successful. And Alvin Kamara is going to have to have a monster game. The running game is going to have to be on point. You nailed it. I mean, you keep it simple, stupid, right? I mean, I, I would, if there's a prop out there, I'm sure there is. Kamara receptions, I'd play over that. I mean, you just throw the little swing passes in, Kenny. Kenny. It's basically an extension of the run game, but there's safe right. plays for the quarterback to get a feel for the game and get some confidence. Right. You're going to have to. Uh, and, and the playbook, I'm sure, is, you know, smaller than it normally is. But, it, again, it's going to have to come down to the defense in this game and the running game. If the Saints can run the football tonight uh, and their defense comes to play, it's going to be a low-scoring game. They're going to be in the game for the chance to win. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com, joining us on a Monday. We'll come back a little more on what we saw yesterday or over the weekend and the numbers for next week and take a little peek ahead to some of the big bowl games that are coming up. Always great information. K. Whitey Vegas on Twitter, KennyWhiteSports.com. Brian Blessing, 
with JP here on a Monday. Hour number two, Tony Neville's going to check in from Treasure Island. Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock from Station Casinos. Tis Monday, Sirius 159, and all along the Sports Grid Radio Network talking football. Always a great way to jumpstart a brand new week. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. All right, back with you on a Monday. Hanging in Vegas, Kenny Wade from KennyWadeSports.com. Kind enough to join us. Kenny, I'm just curious, week 16, how about update your power ratings top to bottom in the NFL? Who, who are the power brokers right now? Uh, maybe who's risen the most and who's fallen off? Um, <clears throat> number one, let me see here. Uh, Kansas City is still my number one team, Brian, uh, in the NFL. Uh, they, they've just stood the test of time, and their defense has gotten better. Over the last 10 weeks, their defense is allowing a median of just 13 points per game. Um, I do have Tampa, uh, number two uh, in the NFL right now. Um, the Rams, number three. Buffalo, four. Um, and, and then I've got the Dallas Cowboys now moved up into the fifth spot. Indianapolis, six. Uh, has made, oh, I'm sorry, I missed the Green Bay Packers. I got Green yep. Green Bay tied. Green Bay is tied with Tampa. So it's Kansas City, Green Bay, and Tampa, one, two, and three. But isn't that amazing at this late date in the NFL, teams with the losses that they've had, teams like Indy and Buffalo uh, are, are there. They're right there. I mean, Buffalo loses to the Bucks, you know, in overtime on the road. Indy, I think, can beat anybody. Yeah, Indy can. Indy's good. They're, I mean, they just won a game without five offensive linemen. They're playing with all, all backups and still end up winning a football game. Uh, yeah, hopefully they can get everybody back. They've still got a little bit of a road in front of them to make the playoffs, but they're going to be dangerous. It'll be all up to Wentz as he doesn't make mistakes. And if Jonathan Taylor can continue to run the football like he has, they, be, they become the Tennessee Titans now of the playoffs where Derrick Henry, you know, Jonathan Taylor is the new Derrick Henry. You know, in the first segment, if you went to your Cowboys page, we're talking about Dallas, and they stop all over Washington. But it is absolutely remarkable. I, this is an assumption, but I think it's a fair assumption. Your ratings on NFL rookies, I mean, for Micah Parsons and Diggs, the two most impactful defensive players coming into this rookie class to land on the same defense, I mean, it's unbelievable. And what have you done with those two guys from day one to now? Yeah, I tell you, Diggs is a monster. Um, I think this guy's got such great size. Uh, he, he's upgraded He's upgraded their pass defense by a point, which is amazing for a rookie to be able to be rated higher than the veterans that were on this roster before. Um Micah Parsons, I rated very well uh, right off the get-go. Um, I had him 1.3 1, 1. points, which was the uh, second-best defensive player 
on the Cowboys. I, as a rookie, I had him the second best defensive player on this team coming into the season. So um, I haven't really pushed his rating a whole lot. I'd heard a couple of things, you know, at the draft uh, from some insiders that Penn State could not wait to get rid of this guy. That he was just a miserable person in the locker room, and that the Cowboys were going to hate him. So we'll see. How, we'll see how time tells if uh, if that's the fact or not, and if he wears his welcome out in Dallas. Kenny, the Raiders. We watch these guys week in, week out, and I'm sitting there yesterday, and I'm belly laughing because I sent a tweet out. Well, it only took 16 weeks for the Raiders to realize that the rules do allow you to run the football in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, they, right? committed to, they committed to the run, and they can run the ball. It's just yeah. they let Carr – that throw Carr made at halftime, I'm sorry. You know, they won the game. They won the game against the Browns. They won this game, and I don't see it. I, I, it's unbelievable on the Derek Carr side of things. Yeah, I – it's everyone has said the same thing all year. We have Josh Jacobs, one of the best running backs in football, and you make no effort to run the football. Um, and that's, you know, that's, but it was a bad decision the entire year. But still, it's a below average football team. And I think the one reason why they couldn't run a lot is their offensive line has been beat up and below average. So they beat a team that was down to, you know, Drew Lockett quarterback, a three point drop off. And, uh, Denver hasn't played well uh, the last couple of weeks, so uh, the Raider, Raiders took advantage of it. Raiders got a big win. All right, and this uh, Cincinnati team, Kenny, I'm just curious. Are they average, or are they getting better? No, they're better. I have them, uh, I have them, uh, had them a 101.5 rating coming into this week, and the, they'll be going up. I'm working on updated power ratings right now, and I got to believe I'll be closer to 103 on this team right now because of Joe Burrow's rating uh, went up once again after his great performance. So Bengals getting better. They're showing they're above average football team. And I have I've had them rated above average a little bit. I like these DVOA ratings that, you know, that, that are out there. And DVOA ratings do not like Cincinnati whatsoever. DVOA ratings do not like Cincinnati's offense whatsoever. Kind of surprising. All right, Kenny, we get really rocking and rolling now. I mean, Obviously, awfully early to play that bowl game today. I know there's a Monday night football game, but it was the only bowl game today. But tomorrow, the schedule really starts to go where we're getting a boatload of games every day. This is when bowl season really starts to hit the fast track. Yeah, it'll be fun tomorrow. You get, uh, you know, game after game after game, five straight games throughout the day. That's be a fun Tuesday. Uh, hopefully, everybody will be able to take off work and just watch football all day. Houston's playing Auburn. Auburn's a two-point favorite. The total's 51-and-a-half. Generally speaking, and I know, you know, a game's a game and anything can happen, but when you're talking SEC athletes, what does that do just when you get to a bowl game, Kenny, from your rating perspective? Um, well, everybody's rated equally, you know, to their size, street, speed, speed, and strength and all, you know, any information I have, so... These guys in the uh, SEC are, you know, four or five star athletes, and uh, but again, it's it's motivation. Do they want to be there or not? Uh, uh, Brian Harrison in his first year has done a nice job with Auburn, and um, I think it's you know a situation where a bowl game they want to win. But Houston's a very talented football team and well coached, very solid on defense, and they've had the better year out of the two teams. 
I think the game could be a bigger game to Houston. They may, I mean, they may want this game more because they're not the SEC team. What do you make of Louisville and Air Force, Kenny? On paper, it looks like a really good game. Louisville, a one-point favorite. The total's 55. Yeah, again, it's all preparation. Is Louisville's defense going to stay in their lanes, uh, play, play smart, fundamental defense? They've had enough time to prepare for the triple option. Air Force runs it more than anybody. Uh, are they going to be able to stop it? And if they can, uh, Louisville should be the right side in this football game. But again, a lot of these teams, they just don't, they're not motivated to stop it. Well, it's a bowl game. Yeah, we're playing Air Force. You know, so I, I just don't know how, how, how excited Louisville is about the game. The other one, I can't wait tomorrow night. The Holiday Bowl is just always a fun bowl. And they're two pretty intriguing teams here with NC State and UCLA. NC State's a team you're all over, Kenny. You're all over these guys all year long. They're laying two on the road. And UCLA's got a quarterback, Kenny, that you and I both know well. We called a lot of his games right here in Vegas in high school. Yeah, Dorian Thompson-Robinson's a good quarterback. Got a great arm, can make all the throws. Very exciting. Two, two Leary for NC State's good quarterback. Uh, these are both teams, really. I was high on both these teams at the beginning of the year. I had an overbet on both teams' win totals. Uh, Chip Kelly seems like he's got UCLA headed in the right direction. And, uh, it's, you know, this game's going to come down to I would have loved to have had a bet on this game, but I really don't because my numbers are pretty close. Like I said, I was high on UCLA all year long. NC State's defense has uh, got a little bit of an uh, advantage in the game. The NC State defense is the better defense. But UCLA kind of playing a home game, playing in San Diego. They should have more fans in the stands. What do you make of Texas Tech and Mississippi State? And Mississippi State a 10-point favorite, 58-and-a-half. I'm going to guess we're going to get a lot of passing in this football game. <laughs> Texas Tech still wide open, wide open offense, and Mike Leach, you know, still throwing it 75% of the time. Uh, the Mississippi State offense, I think, has gotten better as the year has gone along, and uh, their defense has been good. I think Mike Leach did a good job with this program. I think he's on the. I think Mike Leach is pretty close to maybe next year winning 10 games with Mississippi State. I think he could get his team fired up for this game especially playing against his old university. Kenny, I cannot wait for this game. It's the Fenway Bowl, and this is coming up on Wednesday. Virginia's a two-point favorite. The total is 71-and-a-half. The only thing that could mess this up is the weather. And in Boston on Wednesday, 42 degrees, 10% chance of precipitation, and the wind is only five miles an hour. I think they scored already. Brian, I got bad news for you. There's one more thing that could mess this game up. Oh, don't tell me the quarterback's out for Virginia. No, worse than that. Both teams are out. COVID has hit uh, the Fenway Bowl, and there will be no Fenway Bowl on Wednesday. That just happened? Must have just happened, yep. Well, thanks for breaking the news. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. No, I mean, that, no, that fen really... no, no Fenway Bowl. Well, this is the nature of the beast, Kenny, with the NFL the rest of the way, how this is going to soldier on. I mean, we, we saw what, what the Browns did. You know, Mayfield threw the four picks, and two of those were pass interference that the calls didn't go against them. What do you make of the referees with what's going on? In the, it's unbelievable, week to week. Yeah, there was a couple of pass interferences on, on Baker Mayfield. Uh, I Yeah, I'm, I'll, I don't watch it a lot, so when I do, I see it. I hate to see it, but... Uh, 
Um, you know, not much I can do about it. So I'll, I'll stay away from that subject of the officials and their calls. How you been doing in the college basketball fray, Kenny? We, you know, we got a bunch of games under our belt now into conference play. Obviously, it's like you got to watch all these schools. You know, who's able to play and who's not. But um, what are you making of the college basketball season relatively early on? College basketball's been good. Uh, I'm amazed it's it's already uh, a third of the way over. We're we're a third away. We're starting conference games now. Um, this will be a good week. Conference is always good because. You know, a lot of these coaches prepare their team for conference, and uh, they use that. Uh, the, they use the beginning part as an exhibition season. So, um, I'm expecting some teams to really play. There's a lot of really good talent. Uh, Baylor is good again. Gonzaga. I really like this Purdue team. They're very good uh, all around. Purdue is really loaded. Uh, good basketball team. They're going to be fun to watch. There's a lot of good teams. I think in the Big Ten conference. Big Ten's loaded with. Uh, with very good basketball teams. I'm surprised how far the ACC has fallen. I've got the ACC now in the sixth best conference in college basketball. Is that amazing? Yeah. I mean, hey, listen, what is it you look for in college hoops with a coach or a team where like a light bulb goes off? Sometimes teams have guys that are ineligible at the beginning of the year. You know, how many games do you need? But what are some of the things that you see go, there it is. They figured it out. Here they are. You know, I'm always looking for defense. So that's, you know, that's the main thing. I'm looking for defense, and uh, I like defensive coaches. Uh, I'll give you an example. Liberty is, uh, you know, a very good defensive coach, Richie McKay, and uh, he's done a good job there. And the, they started the season out. Uh, the defense really wasn't there. They lost to LSU. They gave up 74. Uh, they lost to Manhattan. They gave up 76. And thought, man, the defense isn't there. And then the light bulb came on. They host an SEC team in Missouri, and they held Missouri to 45 points. That's, the, light bulb, the light bulb came on, you know. So The light bulb went off defensively. Hey, we're up against a break. KennyWhiteSports.com. Got the big 7 for 7 bowl package. Kicks in, starts tomorrow. Kenny, thank you, buddy. We'll do it again later in the week. Appreciate it, Brian. Thanks for having me. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, back with you to you at the top of the hour. Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Hour number two, Tony Neville, Treasure Island, is going to check in. Chuck Esposito will be with us over at Red Rock, our friends at Station Casinos. Get their take on everything that went down on the weekend. Get you ready for the Monday night game, bowl games, NBA, NHL gets back in action tomorrow. As of this minute, teams are back practicing. Um, Clearly, there was no way they could get all those games in yesterday, or today rather, so they canceled Monday. So they got games to make up, but they're not going to the Olympics, so the NHL has a window to try to make up as many as they can in that three-week break in February. Uh, injury front, check Bra- uh, Barrett. A sprained ACL. Sorry, ACL. The-, the Bucks. Please don't cry like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an ACL and an MCL, but the Bucks are hopeful he'll be back for the playoffs. And then, obviously, they're keeping close tabs on Fournette. Uh, they, they want to get Evans, get these guys healthy. But the Bucks, you know, cupcake win for them this past Sunday. Jared Goff. Doctor, 
Goff is back with the Lions. I'll tell you, Detroit, they play hard. I mean, you got to at least give them credit for that. Josh Reynolds goes on COVID reserve for them. So week to week now on the COVID side of things, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, find out who makes a list and then how does that all pan out. Uh, for the Bills, Ike Bettinger's starting guard on their offensive line and Achilles tendon out for the year. The Bills were able to get a W even with the makeshift offensive line yesterday. All right, thanks to JP as always for a job well done. We got another hour of fun and frivolity coming your way. Vegas Sportsbook Radio right here all along the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius 159. A short break and back to Vegas. Even if the last sport you played was tag in fourth grade, you can still be a sports expert. Just keep it here. And get the 